Hey, Chismosas. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are the Cheese Queens. Queens. Nope, just a big old yeah. gap for nothing. No, no, no. It was awesome. It never sinks, ever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They, they know. <laughs> One day, we'll be in the same room at the same time again. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesna Queens. And if you don't know what Cheesna means, it just means gossip. And we're here to have all the tea, all the cheese mint, all the gossip about Married at First Sight, season 14. Today we're covering episode 7. But before we go into that, Igby, do you have any cheese mint? Not really. Um, like we've been saying in the past few weeks, there hasn't been a whole lot of gossip stuff coming out. It's all just complaining about getting <laughs> Alyssa and Chris out of here already. Well, let's hope that uh, once they're gone, maybe more cheese men will come out. I don't know. Because people will stop focusing on them so much. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll we'll see in the weeks <laughs> to come. We still got a ways to go. Yeah, we sure do. How many episodes were there last season? Do you know? Just offhand, maybe? Not offhand. I can look it up real quick if you want me to. Like 17 or 18? I don't know. But we're already on episode 7 and they're just like barely getting home from the honeymoon. It's like week 1 still, so we've got a while. <laughs> yeah. It looks like um, 19 episodes last season. Hmm. Interesting. Indeed. <sighs> But yeah, they've been stretching it out. The only thing that I did see is that someone in the Reddit streets has sleuthed where they're um, living this season. Mm -hmm. I know we talked a lot about the latitude last the season. Latitude. This year, it doesn't seem like there's so much like explicit advertising. In <laughs> they're at such. capacity. They don't need it. <laughs> Maybe. Um, apparently it's a place called 90O. It seems to be like new construction, new building, super nice. Uh, apparently the apartment is, or the apartments go for around $3,000 a month. Wow. Okay. And I know in this episode, I know when I was live tweeting, I was talking about like the, you know, cost of living jumped right out. Like. We saw what we got at the latitude for that much versus what we're getting here. Yeah. Like that apartment is teeny. <laughs> like it you is. Turn around and you're, you look to the left, you're in the dining room. You look to the right, you're in the kitchen. <laughs> like <laughs> there's like not a hallway. <laughs> so I was like, wow, like they're spending a pretty penny, but apparently it's super nice. I mean, Alyssa wanted to live there pretty badly. So she sure did. But she also lives with her mom. So that could. Oh, yeah. does she? I didn't know yeah. that. That's a little, yeah, th little that was tea. part of the reason people thought her mom was like advocating for Chris. Like, get the <laughs> hell out of my house. <laughs> That's hilarious. Don't mess this up. <laughs> Don't mess this up for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. Hilarious. But yeah, that's the only kind of thing I've seen that was of a little bit of interest. Um, can you speak to the pregnancy announcement? Oh, I, I forgot that, that was, down. I feel like it's been ages ago, but that did happen this week. Yeah. So, you know, fan favorite, 
from New Orleans, Amani and Woody are expecting. So there's a new baby in the Married at First Sight universe. So congratulations Her to them. pictures were amazing. She looks great. Oh, they always are slaying a photo shoot. Yes. They look really, really good. Stunning, stunning pictures. I did not look or feel that way <laughs> when I was pregnant. Yowza, she looks hot. <laughs> and I have no baby, so I have no dog in the race. <laughs> no, she looks good. I only have one piece of cheese and it's pretty hilarious. MTS, Mark the Shark, his um, profile, it was like an like an acting profile for like agents to come scope him out turned up on Reddit. And um, it was just, it's just really funny because his grammar is so terrible in the writing. You can tell this is like an 18 year old writing it, but he looks really cute. I can't see it's blown out. Is it like up there with Olajuwon's Twitter from high school? <laughs> Where it's like kind clearly of. like this is, so old and dated like yeah kind of but it's his old acting profile and he states that he was on eliminate that's how old it is that's how old it is uh why have we not found that episode yet where can we get old copies of eliminate (laughs) what's that channel that shows that like fake tv is it on pluto pluto yeah (laughs) all the like weird old (laughs) <laughs> but he was on eliminate and it was just saying something like he's open for options and wow eliminate oh look here it is let's see here what did you also audition for room raiders okay here it is I, I found the profile it's not taken down i guess this profile evolves with the times because it, now it says he's 38 but this picture is like obviously not 38 year old mark the shark yeah, so they have his birth date. Yes, yes. So it says in the about me section, I'm Mark the Shark, all lowercase. Uh, the I'm does not have an apostrophe. Senior in college at JWU. Senior spelled incorrectly. Good to see bounce you learning. At this, yeah, <laughs> bounce at this bar, McFadden's. I work out five to six days a week. I'm a healthy non-smoker, and I'm looking for the girl of my dreams. Special skills, accents, Italian. <laughs> uh, just one, Sports. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, musical instruments, singing style, dancing are all empty. Sports, baseball, basketball, bodybuilder, football, martial arts. Short resume, I'm a natural. I was on a limitate. Robert Knoll told me once I could retire at the age of 22 when I was 16, this acting model director. My email is for any information or on contacting me. And then he has a bunch of pictures and headshots. of. They look um, with the essence of fuckboy. So. Shocking. I know. <laughs> but I'm going to send this to you just so that you can see these pictures because they're just, just golden really oh the internet 
where everything lives. Yeah, nothing dies. (laughs) But yeah, that was my big, big find um, this week, which is just made me all warm inside. Letting makes me laugh. (laughs) You are a senior in college. You need to know how to spell senior. (laughs) I mean, that squiggly red line didn't do anything for you. (laughs) (laughs) How do you misspell senior? With two N's? What? That's how you spell it. <laughs> two ends. Uh. Mm. Yes. Wow. Well, he's not retired at 22. He's a hardworking man. And that's just how the cards laid out. Eliminate was not his his start to stardom or whatever it is. <laughs> it didn't even pan out to a wife. No, it didn't. That sucks. You didn't even find love on a mm. limit date. Poor Mark. He is sweet, though. I do like him. I don't know. I think his, he, his personality is going to start coming out a little bit more. You think so? Yeah, like well, the preview I, for I, next week, it looks like. Well, you know he, what? But, it, you know, he did say one thing in this episode, and we'll get to it. But he's like, the experts can come and go as they please. He goes, but I'm with Lindsay. 24 7 and i, and I just, can completely understand <laughs> that's what i was just blowing up ready to say like we see him you know get upset in the preview for next week but we don't know what she did yes yeah, not to victim blame or whatever but yeah what provoked this reaction <laughs> because of who it is you know we just got to keep it open he may be uh may have the grounds to have been acting that way yeah but yeah. we shall see because even on actor party he was kind of funky this week oh was he yeah i think it might have been because he doesn't like that Lindsay is putting out their business oh you know what yeah i did i did notice that that she was that he was upset about having to talk about his sex life right but he put hers right out there he's like two and a half times <laughs> Just like, explain the half. It's like, do I have to? <laughs> and then he did. And then he did. Yeah, he sure did. Um, yeah, so if y'all have any Cheese Smith for us, make sure you hit us up on our social media. We are on Instagram at Cheese McQueen's Podcast and on Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. You can uh, follow Igby on Wednesday. She usually live tweets the episode. So that's a bunch of fun over there. And yeah, so send it our way if you know all the scoop. Please, we're desperate, obviously. (laughs) It's dry out here. It is dry. We will keep you anonymous and everything. Don't you worry about it. All right, so let's get into this episode. And we'll start with Lindsay and Mark. But first, do you have a title for us? No. What? You didn't write the title title down? (laughs) No. You always Uh, have the title. That's okay, because I have it. And it's it's the best line in the whole in the whole. Episode. Oh, I do know what it is. What? This is my decision day. Yes. That's why I didn't write it down because I remember. As soon as she said that, I was like, yes, queen, say it. <laughs> King. No, I'm going to call him a queen. It's higher, in my opinion. It's a higher praise. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into Lindsay and Mark. Okay. I just got your. The website. 
Oh. Yeah. I forgot that he has white hair. I didn't think about him. Scroll like, down. Scroll down being to see a the other pictures. Fox now. Wow. Yeah. Look at the other pictures. Yeah, Mark the Shark. I bet he was down the shore. <laughs> down the cape. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's giving big, like, damn, I hate to, like, validate Lindsay, but he is giving, he is giving me Jersey Shore. For sure. <laughs> wow. Very interesting. It, it's great. Might need Y'all to post some of those on Instagram. Yeah, definitely. But continue. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So we <laughs> we start with them moving into their new apartment. Right off the bat, Lindsay's doing some laundry, trying to get all sorted out. In an ITM, Mark says that it's a lot, but he appreciates Lindsay's nurturing nature. It's new and something he's never had before in any other relationship. But Lindsay is already, to me, she's already too much telling him what to do. She goes into this little tirade about how he's not going to use uh, the water bottles anymore. She's she's all about sustainability. And she has all these plastic, oh, all these uh, reusable water bottles, all these different sizes, all these different brand names. And she just doesn't shut up. Now, doesn't that defeat the purpose? Of what? Not using, like, if you have 50 reusable ones, isn't it just as bad as buying? Well, I guess not if you're buying a case of water and you're going through a case of, you know, a few days or a week or whatever. I can see her point. But it, in the long run, Mark's face shows that he just does not care. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, he's got a lot of pressing matters yes, on his and mind. They're both pretty exhausted from traveling, so then they go to bed. And even in bed, she's like, a lot. Mark says that the big they have a big day the next day because they're going to tackle his bed bug infested apartment. In an ITM, Mark says he's hoping all the changes and living together won't be too much because she's a little much 24 hours a day. But at least he won't be bored. They then cut to him, uh, to both of them in bed. And Lindsay is just staring at Mark, super creepy and laughing maniacally. And she's moving everywhere and she's telling him he's too loud and they're both giggling and they're laughing. And he's asking in a kind of a joking way, but not joking. Is this how it's going to be every night? (laughs) I mean, what was it like on the honeymoon? Or were y'all just like blackout drunk by the time y'all went to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Which I could totally see happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In an ITM, Lindsay says that she loves that Mark makes her laugh and they're going to laugh together for the rest of their lives. And she's looking forward to that. In the next scene, they have a short scene uh, with them both brushing their teeth in their new apartment. And even here, she's criticizing his brushing techniques. And I could see Mark, you know, he has all these things on his head. Pressing, like you said, all these pressing manners. And Lindsay's just like... One thing after another, she just does not stop. I guess she never gets tired. I would love that kind of energy, but not mm. use it like she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be married at first sight if we didn't see somebody brush their teeth. Right. But like, look how tiny the bathroom was compared to last season. Yeah. They could barely mm. fit in the mirror together. Last season, they had double sinks and backlighting. Sure don't move to Texas, please. We don't need any more people here. Thank you. I know. All our houses are gone. All the 
All the prices are going up. Y'all stay where you, you want. For real. <laughs> stay, stay where you come from. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> You're not welcome in Texas. No. <laughs> we are the friendly state, but not that friendly. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we see them at Mark's apartment, and they're putting on hazmat suits. The plan is... According to Mark, this is the plan. They're going to throw his throw all his sneakers and clothes in a bag, and that's it. In an ITM, Mark says that he feels really embarrassed because his apartment was, like, really nice and clean and set up before he left for the wedding, and now they're coming back, and it's a complete mess. Lindsay is pretty cool about everything, though. Like, I will say, she is all in. She is stand by her man. Um, but she does say if she gets bug bites, then she wants some TLC from Mark. Yeah, she's definitely better than me because absolutely not. You're, yeah. I'm not going in there and you're not bringing any of that to my house. Period. No. <laughs> period. Let's go buy you some new clothes. <laughs> exactly. Like, I know he was saying on After Party that the timeline of all this was like really super short. Like yeah. the bed bug situation happened like the day before or two days before the wedding. Uh-huh. And then... They had the wedding and then like the next day they were, you know, on honeymoon. So all of this stuff he was trying to deal with at the same time as the wedding, um, as far as like getting his, like, like he was saying, he was embarrassed about the apartment because it's already been like ran through. He was, had to get all of the stuff, all the furniture and stuff taken out and thrown away yeah. and all that. So over the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then all the stuff with the landlord, which was a whole nother story. He didn't really get into what that was about. Like, okay, they had the bed bugs. She was upset about that. Then she revised the lease to exclude pets. And he says that that- Can the, can the bed bugs get on the cats? I don't mind. I'm sure that you have to give them some kind of bath. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor things. I don't even like cats. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he was saying he hasn't spoken to her. He said he turned his keys in when he moved out. And that's it. And I'm like, wow. But th this person was like a mother to you and you just cut it off? Yeah, well, yeah. But she she really stepped over her boundaries yeah. with him too, though. That was like, that was really messed up. Knowing where he was and, and all of that. What's going on? And blowing up his phone every freaking 10 minutes. That's terrible. Mm. I think Katina was also on that episode, right, of After Party? Yeah. Uh -huh. I, I was in and out of After Party, honestly. Um, I was trying to watch it while I was working. And, uh, but I think I Katina that. was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think Katina was like, uh, Lindsay's better than me. I, I would never, ever yeah. <laughs> go do that. <laughs> she said what I said, like, mm -mm, nope. Yeah, that's a lot. Throw the whole yeah, house so that, away. Is, that is one thing that's really endearing about Lindsay is that she really is all in for this. And that goes with what she's, what she's doing. She's in there. So there is an ITM with Lindsay next. And she says that the bed bugs are one of her biggest fears because she's had them before from traveling and it still haunts her. She's freaked out about possibly bringing them into their new home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that can definitely happen. So then he starts showing her around the apartment and it is a mess. She says they're getting rid of the Keurig because it's bad for the environment. All the little K-cups. I, I did see an article one time that the guy who invented the K-cups and the Keurig said he was so regretful over inventing them because 
of all the all the the K cups and how they're bad for the environment and all the plastic wasted. Are you donating any money to um, environmental costs and, and right? environmental health? I bet you aren't. You just said, "Oh, I feel bad. I did that." Let me go buy a Lamborghini. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so he's still showing her around. He shows her the dishes, but he only uses one and he washes it and puts it right back. But it's a set from his parents' house. And then Lindsay is in Marie Kondo mode and she's like, oh, but does it spark joy? And it doesn't. So she's like, okay, we'll donate it then. <laughs> and there is a lot of word art mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. He said, no, I don't have that. I, I don't know what he was thinking, but he does. He does have that. Maybe he was thinking like physical signs, but they're all like on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. I was say it's the worst kind. Yeah. <laughs> like stencils. He's definitely not getting his deposit back. <laughs> he then shows her the bedroom and they start bagging everything. She tries to throw away his childhood baseballs and he puts his foot down about that one. He's keeping the baseballs. In an ITM, Mark says his life was very organized before marriage. Then the bed bugs happen, and he has no control over the situation whatsoever. They cut to Lindsay going through his stuff and wanting to throw everything away. And it goes back to Mark in the ITM, and it just he just says, it's a lot of stuff that's out of his control. And at this point, I think you can kind of see him, like, he's spiraling a little bit already. She takes all his sentimental stuff off the floor and puts it on the TV console and then knocks something over um, in the process. And he gets pretty upset about that. He tells her, I told you to be careful. In another ITM, Mark says it's hard having someone trying to do things for him without them listening to how he wants it done first. He's an organized person. So bagging all this stuff in trash bags was not how he wanted to move into the apartment. He's he's thankful that she's doing it, but he does not like it at all. But thank you. He's super, super annoyed. In the next scene, we see them at Lindsay's apartment. In an ITM, Mark hopes that Lindsay's apartment is big enough for the both of them. She introduces Mark to all her plants. She has named all her plants. And the names are Yoshi, Jim and Michael, Lindsay, and Fran. And she whispers something to Fran. (laughs) And Mark just looks completely freaked out that's not weird behavior at all (laughs) the one thing she wants to bring to the apartment for sure is her squatty potty and mark looks horrified (laughs) i've heard the squatty potty works real well i wouldn't know i don't know i've bought i think uh one of my friends one of our mutual friends got married and i asked her what she wanted for her wedding gift and she wanted a squatty potty so I sent her one. <laughs> Mazel tov. I think you know who this friend is. I know exactly who it is. <laughs> she then shows him the bedroom. It's really small, but she says there's a lot of storage underneath uh, the bed when she lifts it up. And uh, But all that storage is already taken, so don't even think about storing any of your stuff there, Mark. He, they're continuing the little tour of the apartment. Uh, Mark said the stove looks like a four-year-old play stove. And she says it doesn't matter because she hates cooking. And he says, this is definitely her place. It's so Mother Earth. I kind of liked her apartment. I thought the fireplace was really nice. But it was just, yeah, it was just, again, really small. Like one box. Where like yeah. you reach one hand, you can touch the wall in the kitchen. And then you put your other arm out the other way and you touch to the wall in the bedroom. 
Well, one thing I did notice is that they're all grown adults and most of them have roommates. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm thinking it's just the cost of living is bananas and uh, people haven't been paying to make their cost of living happen for individual, you know, apartments. So Lindsay does live by herself. So that's probably why it's so small, one. But I did like her apartment, even though it was small, it was colorful and her personality, you know, was shining in there. Um, it was a little cluttered, but it was, it was nice. I liked it. Wasn't what I expected. I'll say that. Yeah, me neither. Well, I guess I didn't know she was so Mother Earth from mm. everything that we've seen. I don't think she's really hinted on any of that um, of her personality. Sustainability and environmentally conscious. conscious. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know any of that stuff about her. I know she was talking about getting him in a cleaner clean eating she talked too about um cleaning products too oh yeah and her That's her right. routine and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so so thing. no plastic household i don't mind that so much i just don't want like people forcing it down my throat you know one of my sister's ex-girlfriends was very all about the environment and criticized every little thing I had in my house, like paper towels. Why don't you use rags? I don't care. <laughs> I just had to tell her that I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to use my damn paper towels. Cause I mean, some of that stuff, it's like in the end, does it really make a difference? Okay. You're saving a tree by using the paper towel, but what, how much water are you wasting using the washing machine to wash the rags? Ding, ding, ding. It's there just like go. checks and balances. Yeah. Well, even everybody always, you know, everybody's gotten mad about the straws. And then I watched the documentary and they were like, that doesn't make a difference because the turtles are already dying. It's already too late. It's already done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the damage is done. That's my thinking. Yeah. It's already too far. Al Gore tried to tell us a long time ago. And we didn't listen. He so sure we're did. All fucked. <laughs> Period. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's done. It's a done yep. deal. Anyway, so we go back to them, and they're both at the new apartment, and all of the cats have moved in. And ITM Mark says he's nervous about the cats. His cats have never been with any other animal, and the cats are like his kids. Uh, we then see Lindsay on the floor trying to coax her cats from un- out underneath the bed. And in another ITM, Mark says oh, her cats hiss and his don't. And he's worried about what they're going to do if they don't get along. It's another, it's just like another thing for him. He can't control it. It's another thing that adds pressure to his life. And then the next scene, we see Lindsay. It's like a little diary cam video. She says she's in the cat palace. And she's hanging on by a thread. Mark's life has blown up. His grandma's like 70 pounds. She's not doing great. His landlord's being ridiculous. He's about to explode from all the stress. And she's not sure who he is right now. Off camera, he is a completely different person. He's hot and cold. He's on and off. And she doesn't think that he is aware of that. It's driving her insane. Uh Pressure's on. Yep. And it shines on when they're there waiting for Pastor Cal. That's the next scene that we get them. So they're waiting for him. Mark is approaching Lindsay. Lindsay's chilling out at the little breakfast bar. 
and they're making like awkward small talk about like the cats and it's just like a bunch of long awkward silence Lindsay tells him finally that she feels like she's getting two versions of mark since the honeymoon and since his landlord and roommate have been blowing up his phone his demeanor has changed she told him that she sees that he's overwhelmed and has asked what he needs and he hasn't even acknowledged that and it's super frustrating Mark tells her that he doesn't think he has two sides. And she says that she sees all of these red flags and they are big ones for her. And Mark just looked like, are you shitting me? You're, you're the walking like, flag. Yes, you're a walking red flag. He just looks like, are you really saying this to me? Mark says he sees red flags too, but he's just taking it day by day because it's super early in their relationship. She says she just needs to talk faster, Cal. And that she oh and she just needs a moment and she sits there expecting him to leave and eventually he does but it's just awkward it's like when people say they need a moment they usually walk off but she was just staring at him waiting for him to walk off and he's like she's just she's uh she's something (laughs) a lot a lot i get it i mean there's really no other explanation everybody always explains her in that phrase Lindsay's a lot because there's really nothing else that sums it up. Because it's so many things. hmm <laughs> It's all-encompassing. Exactly. <laughs> so then Pastor Cal visits in an ITM. Mark says that his communication with Lindsay turns him off because she's very condescending. He knows she doesn't mean it that way, but it's in her impulse reaction and that it just comes out that way. So it's good to have a mediator to come and listen to their concerns and help them understand each other. Lindsay starts the session saying that from the wedding day, they laid all their cards out on the table and she loved that. He's open, he's vulnerable, and she thought that they were just going to figure everything out. She still thinks that she still thinks it's meant to be a beautiful marriage, but she thinks he's not giving her the best version of himself. He doesn't see that and it really frustrates her. She has helped him where she thinks he needs help. She thinks he's not handling the change well, and he went from sharing his fears and concerns with her, then having sex, and now he doesn't even want to hold her hand. Mark rolls his eyes at this point, and she gets really mad at him for that. She says he went from all to nothing, and she feels insulted and offended. She's so mad, and he's clueless, and that makes her even more mad. She tells him to work on us. And it's at this point, Mark looks like he wants to laugh almost right here. She's being really dramatic. And I, I can't help but think that, you know, when she said she really needed to talk about what to say to Pastor Cal, I mm-hmm. think it was just her making this script because it does feel very rehearsed. It feels like very, you know, dramatic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know she's trying to make a point. It just doesn't feel authentic to me. But what do you think? Yeah, I can definitely see her putting on, putting on for the cameras, mm-hmm. putting on for Pastor Cal. Yeah. She's blowing this up bigger than it needs to be. Yeah, because if she had any empathy whatsoever, she could see that, yeah, he's going through a lot. Take it down a notch. <laughs> right. And even to go back to after party, Mark was saying that the couple of days leading up to this, meeting with Pastor Cal was like super tough for them. At this point, they weren't even sleeping in the same room. Oh, wow. 
So they were like legit in a fight. That's why that at the beginning it was probably so awkward because, you know, they're not even really talking to each other right now. Yeah. Um, and he was saying too, as far as them consummating their marriage, that the first time, okay, it was what it was. But then the next time he was saying he didn't feel right about it. Like he said, it wasn't romantic. There, It just it was disconnected. wasn't. Yeah. And that's what's making him want to take a step back and slow down. He's like, okay, I need to get more of my emotion in this. There needs to be more feeling in this. And Lindsay's not trying to hear that. Yeah. And just to go into that a little more um, in a little bit, but it's almost like she wants him to validate her feelings, but she can't even acknowledge that he's feeling something that she wasn't expecting. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, at this point, Pastor Cal jumps in and he says that he thinks Mark is afraid to say things to her. Mark says that he he's just like that, that when he doesn't know someone, he doesn't speak up. And Lindsay says, well, that's something you just need to get over. He said, that's how you feel, but that's not how I work inside. Pastor Cal then asks, how does he work inside? Mark says he meets her at the wedding and it's exciting. She's different from any girl he's ever seen and she's a lot. They talk all night. They have an intimate moment and it felt great. Then the plane situation happened. It showed him a side of her he didn't like. They had another intimate moment and it felt different. He then starts tearing up at this point and he says he respects her enough to tell her that he has to go slow. And he did try to tell her. He didn't have sex just to have sex. He felt something that night. Then the second and third time he felt off. The sex is great, but he doesn't feel like himself. And if he doesn't feel like himself, he just can't do it. She comes in with affection and it's so much it pushes him away. It feels like he's not in his own skin. He has seen her poke other people and it makes him uncomfortable. So he doesn't poke. He just shuts his mouth. Pastor Cal asks how she feels now that she knows that Mark is scared to express her feeling, express his feelings to her. Lindsay says... She never gave him a reason to feel that way. And Pastor Cal is just like, come on, Lindsay. No, no, no. She then continues and says, well, let me define the bullshit. Pastor Cal then says he sees what Mark is saying. She says she doesn't even know what he's saying because it's a run-on sentence. It looks like Mark wants to say something here, but he doesn't. Did you notice that? He was just like, no, never mind. Not worth it. Just Yeah. (laughs) Pastor Cal tells her that she's very intelligent and very sharp. She speaks what she thinks and she speaks what she feels sometimes without a filter. She agrees. And so he continues. He says she has worn that with a badge of honor. And sometimes it's not a badge of honor. And she agrees with that too. Mark then tells her that the no filter is not who he he is. He, it's not bad. It's different. There's nothing bad about her. Everything comes from a good place. Her filter is not his filter, though, and it creates awkward situations for him. And it's not how he wants to present himself. Pastor Cal says that they knew what that when they put them together, they were both a lot. Lindsay is a lot, so she needed someone who was also a lot. She had someone, if, if she had someone who was meek and mousy, she would run them over. And she agrees. He continues with Mark. Uh, Mark needed someone to match him and wanted someone who was affectionate and emotional uh, because he never had that. 
from any other woman. This is what you both wanted, and this is what you both got. Lindsay says, well, careful, be careful what you wish for. Uh, Pastor Cal then says, you got what you asked for. Now, how are you going to make this work? Mark, tell her what you need. So Mark tells her he needs to let him do things like he normally would do things on his own. If he needs her help, he knows she's there. Pastor Cal says, don't take over her, his life. He says that he feels like he's not in his own skin. And she says she sees that. Pastor Kyle says, you don't want your husband to feel smothered or like he's inhabited by an alien. Lindsay tries to explain here that Mark feels that way because he's out of his comfort zone. And Pastor Kyle shuts this down right away. He's like, no, it's because you're taking over him. And Mark agrees. Pastor Kyle says that to give Mark herself in doses. He asks Lindsay what she needs for Mark. She tells him that there's a difference between pulling back and pulling out. And she feels like he's pulling out. Pastor Cal tells Mark that she needs affirmation and needs to know that he is still in it. Mark says, well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And Pastor Cal agrees, yes. But you're, it, the point is you're both running. You're just at different speeds. She's coming to you from a pure and loving place. Lizzie then tells Mark that he can't hold back because he's afraid of how she's going to react. He's not giving her a fair chance at this point and not giving himself a fair chance. She wants the benefit of the doubt. Pastor Kyle says that your spouse is supposed to be a benefit to you. He knows Lindsay is a lot. He's not going to lie. He knows she's a lot. But can you continue knowing she is a lot? Mark tells him he came in knowing that the person he was going to be matched with was going to have a lot of layers and he's willing to peel those layers and get to know her. But in the ITM, he says the experts aren't living with her day to day. Conversations get had, things get said, and that triggers him. If he doesn't speak up, he's going to keep taking losses. Things need to change. And that's where we end with Lindsay and Mark. Yikes. Yeah. And it only seems like things are going up from preview of next week. Yeah, it is a very rocky, bumpy start for them. Mm -hmm. I would love to hear the chisme from Lindsay's exes and Mark's exes and see what they both have to say about these two. Because just because they're both a lot doesn't mean they go together. <laughs> yeah, a lot plus a lot equals too much. Right? <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, we'll see what happens to them next week. But it doesn't look good. No, not so much. Not so much. A big public fight in front of everybody. <laughs> Let's make the whole group awkward just for funsies. Right? Like, not even just the group. But everybody. We're in public <laughs> public. All right. Let's see. Let's go to Katina and Olajuwon. I feel like every time he comes on the screen, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I don't enjoy him at all. The only time I do feel like he's a good, genuine guy is when he's talking about his bros. Like, he's a true friend, it seems like. But in, but you have to be a male to get that. <laughs> you know what I mean? To get yeah. that reciprocated uh, respect. But Tina seems into him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. So the first scene we see of them is they're coming into the new apartment. They're taking a look around. Uh, the first place they start is the kitchen where 
Olajuwon says the magic is truly going to happen. Forget the bedroom. It's the kitchen. <laughs> Why is this guy so hungry? <laughs> Games, What girl. have you been eating before, Katina? <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so he's like super excited, like we said. Um, you know, he opens up the oven. There's a little quarter sheet baking pan. He's like, oh, you're getting all set up. They're ready to go for you. The pots and pans are under the cabinet. So she's set up. There's no excuse. So um, are we going to order like the groceries or are you going to go down to the Trader Joe's or like, when is that going to happen? Because <laughs> like, it's almost like six o'clock. So like dinner should be ready <laughs> soon. And uh, in an ITM, Katina says that living with her husband is going to be an adjustment. She's never lived with a man before. Then they show a clip of them kind of doing a little role play in the kitchen where she's pretending to make breakfast for him while he sits at the island and watches her fake cook. She's like, babe, do you want bacon or sausage today for breakfast? And Olajuwon just like has hard eyes. He says that this is a lifetime commitment. So he's trying to get the visual so he can, you know, manifest this imaginary breakfast every day into reality. <laughs> You were asking Pop-Tarts and loving it. <laughs> Hello. Bye. Yup. Here's a cliff bar. See ya. <laughs> Lego my ego. <laughs> that part. Uh, <laughs> Katina says she's very used to going out to eat and things like that as far as feeding herself. But he has made it very clear that he wants home cooked meals consistently every single day. He's literally drilling it into her head. Uh, they cut back to them in the kitchen and Olajuwon says that he's used to living by himself in the mornings. It was quick for him to just, you know, grab a piece of toast and peanut butter and walk out the door. But now he has a wife, so he can't do that anymore. Why the hell not? Why not? <laughs> she will also put peanut butter on the toast and send you away with a smile. Bye. <laughs> I can buy you the bread and the peanut butter. Have at it. Like, I don't understand why all of a sudden you have a wife, quote unquote. That's not the equivalent of a maid, a chef, a slave. Like, right? no, <laughs> she's not obligated to care for you hand and foot. You're perfectly capable of doing that on your own. Pastor Cal says what I was thinking this whole time. And I'm so glad you'll get to it. But I'm so glad he says what he says. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. I know. I know. But yeah, again, he's saying he's going to be on her back about it. Like, 7 a.m., where's my plate woman? Then Katina asks him if he's going to be the type to text her during the day, like, what are you making for dinner, yada, yada. And he's like, no, I don't even need to do that because that's not a question or an option. Dinner is going to be on the table. Jesus. It's going to be homemade on the table, hot when I open the door. <laughs> and then Katina says that she promises to put her best foot forward and making sure that he's well fed every day. In a voiceover. She's, that's that's a really funny way to put it. That just means like, and they don't have Whataburger. When, here's some McDonald's on the table. You're fed. <laughs> I ordered Postmates. <laughs> Bye. Enjoy. I'm going out with my friends to have a good dinner. <laughs> yeah. In a voiceover, she says that this is the most pressure she's ever felt in a relationship. And it's a lot. Oh, that's so sad over something so stupid. It's... 
yeah, I don't know why this is like such a thing for him, but it's not happening. Like, it's just not happening. <laughs> so the next scene we see of them, we're on day eight of marriage and Olajuwon is taking Katina to see his house. It's cute. What did you think? It is cute. From yeah, the outside? I did. From the outside. Yeah. I was on Katina's side with all the decor on the inside, but the outside is really cute. And I'm, um, I know he's really proud of it and he should be. It's, it's nice. Yeah. He's the only one on this show able to own a house, own his own home, not yep. live in a box. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so good on him. Um, It looks like, like we said, the yard is nice and maintained. His little shrubs are trimmed it looks like he lives on kind of a busy street but they're walking up to the house and he's telling her you know imagine kids running out the front door like mom dead and (laughs) you know that's the kind of life that we should be having at this point and he's never welcomed a woman into his home the way he is welcoming katina now he don't be bringing hoes to his house he go to Uh -uh, i was just gonna say yeah so he can leave (laughs) Exactly. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, in an ITM, Olajuwon say, says that he's a little nervous about Katina seeing how he lives. She's got a little bit more swag than he does. So he's worried that she won't like his style or might think that the house is too manly. Really, he doesn't know at all what she's going to think. But at the end of the day, he hopes that his wife is going to want to move into that house, make it a home and stay there after decision day. All right, so the first thing we see is the weird doormat. Yeah, let's talk about that. So it says, welcome to my crib, but the I in the word crib is a baby bottle. Why does he have this? Yeah, I don't think he understands that that's meant for a house with a baby in it. I don't think he got that (laughs) or put that together. (laughs) Well... Katina notices it and Olajuwon <laughs> tells her it's a sign that she needs to start shooting out some babies ASAP. Uh. E- exactly. <laughs> no, thank you. So once they enter the house, the first room they check out is the kitchen. Um, I mean, it looks okay, except mm-hmm. for the ugly grandma valance and curtains that Katina immediately says she does not like. When he asks her what she thinks. <laughs> and he's just like, what do you mean you don't like them? I look through them every day. And it reminds me I make the best coffee in the world. And she's it's like. Super offended. <laughs> she's like, you don't need to express your coffee making skills with curtains. Uh, in a voiceover, she says that the uh, curtains weren't youthful enough for her. Which I 100% agree. Like. It took me forever to even remember the word valance. Like, I haven't seen a valance on a window like that yeah. since, like, the 90s in my parents' house. Yeah, you, you said grandma curtains. My grandma doesn't even have those curtains, so. <laughs> it's, it's it's giving Jose vibes from last season where obviously, yeah. like, his mom or somebody helped him decorate. Yeah. Super, and put it super. together traditional i guess you would say but not really (laughs) yeah we need to update about 30 years (laughs) then they hit the gym he says him and his brother you know put everything together and we see this like mushy pea green paint on the wall 
it's super cramped like it's like a long hallway basically or like a long narrow room yeah um there's like barely enough space for a treadmill a weight bench some free weights and then a giant tv on the wall he again asks her what she thinks and (laughs) she gives it a beat and like looks around like yeah the green's gotta go which i i think that's an odd choice anyway yeah how she could she could easily influence him and say oh you need a big mirror it's a gym put a big mirror there and then get rid of that nasty green he would be all over looking at himself while he works out i'm surprised he doesn't have one Mm-hmm. you can also just take that treadmill and put it in the garage they don't think they have garages they don't have garages over there no they have basement oh we'll put it oh it is in the basement <laughs> I don't know. It's very cramped. Yeah. It's it's a little tight. It doesn't matter because Tina's not going to be using it. <laughs> she might. She might hop on the treadmill. She does not want to work out with that fool. Because, you know, as soon as she gets in there. I say it going to be the same time as him. I know. I'm just going to say. <laughs> you know, if she sneaks in there, he's going to be, oh, you want to work out together? Let's do this. You mm-hmm. drop this. We're divorced. <laughs> you don't get out of my face. Uh, next in an ITM, she says that she see she can see herself living there with him, but his house is basically a bachelor pad right now. If she was going to be moving in there, there's definitely some things that would need to be changed around. So the next time we see them, they're outside on the porch, and Elajuan is asking her to rate his house on a scale of one to ten. Now, pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that she had a nice blue quarter water in her hand? Mm-mm. Do you know what a quarter water is? Mm-mm. This is a it's quarter those... of water. No. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, is her water bottle one fourth full? Oh my god. Somebody, <laughs> somebody else out there is saying the same thing I'm saying. No, a quarter water is those little like um, juice, those little plastic juice. Oh yes, yeah, the barrel things. Yeah. Yeah, we we just call them barrels. Fake Kool Aid. But I'm like, why does a grown adult man with no kids around have these at his house for refreshments? <laughs> like, and I was like, considering he even know a, they still made these. Yes, you can get them down at the Sam's or the Costco. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, and considering he's such a like bro gym rat, I was surprised he doesn't only have water. No, right, you have high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> children's juice at your house (laughs) but anyway back to katina uh she says that as a whole it's a cute nice house she would give it an eight and he's like okay that's cool and then she expands and says but the decorations are a solid five (laughs) and he doesn't understand why he's not getting a 10 yeah he really thinks it looks good yeah which let me tell you, I've seen some bachelor pads in my day, and it's just like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I've seen a lot of Michael's apartments. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen some Elijah Wan homes. <laughs> oh, okay. 
she's saying that she would want to paint the kitchen a gray color. And he's like, well, that's not going to match. So no way that's happening. The cabinets are a lighter shade of wood. The countertops are tan. The floor is tan. That's not going to make any sense. And she's like, well, in her mind, that's all can change. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> paint he's everything. Like, <laughs> he's like, are you going to pay the $50,000 to change it, though? <laughs> like to do a whole kitchen remodel? And from the looks of it, it, it may have, he may have just, not just, but more recently remodeled it. It looked like a pretty modern yeah, kitchen. So, he had like the flat top stove. He had the like, mm-hmm. um, the sink. I even want to say like, I don't, oh, I'll get my husband to look. If, yeah, I know his last name. I, it's on Reddit somewhere. I'll get my husband to look up the Dickerson. property. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Dickerson. That's right. I'll get him to, because he likes to do that. He's weird. Like, when someone commits, like, a bad crime or something, and it's all over the news, he goes and looks at, like, their Facebook page. If they owned any homes, how much the home is worth, when did they buy it. Just for fun. That's, like, that's like his pastime. It's not weird at all. But anyway, I can get him on, on this case and see how long Elijah has owned this home and how much he paid for it and all that kind of stuff. So that's the cheese man next week. I'll, I'll put him on it. But anyway, so you don't forget. And in one of the, I think maybe the first episode, they do show him working on the house on the outside. Mm -hmm. Like he was like doing some carpentry work or something like that. They didn't even show his, his painting with the twist paintings. Yeah. Where were those? I guess those were upstairs (laughs) in the, in the bedrooms. I don't know. Um, But yeah. Fine art. But yeah, he can definitely update that. I know like the, the appliances look really nice, but he can paint those cabinets wide, mm-hmm. put some new granite top and look very modern and fresh. And I think that's what she's going for. But he seems pretty content with brown, brown and tan. Just like a man. <laughs> if it's not tan, it's black and red. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, he tells her that she should just concentrate on enjoying the place and not to worry about changing shit. In a voiceover, we hear her say that she doesn't understand how he expects her to live there without her making it a home for herself, too. And again, this is like last season with Rachel and Jose. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to move into your house. I want it to be our home. Home. Yes. So next we get the visit from Pastor Cal. And of course, they make it a point. Did we not go to Katia's? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, wow. I just realized that right now. I wonder why. I don't know. Weird. Maybe she lives at home, too, or something. Who else did we not go to the home to? Jasmina? Yeah. No, we didn't go to Jasmina's either. Wow. Only Weird. Michael. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. I know Jasmina says she has a roommate, so maybe they didn't want it filmed. Maybe. I don't know hmm. what Katina's situation is, but no, we didn't go to hmm. her place. I just realized that right now. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so Pastor Cal is coming to visit and of course they make it a point for him to comment on how good it smells in the apartment. Damn, Katina, you must have been throwing down Chef Bay in the house. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I've cooked the most basic shit you could cook. Spaghetti. Anybody can boil noodles <laughs> and use jar sauce and heat up some of that garlic Texas toast from the frozen <laughs> section. Do they have to- Texas toast in uh, Boston? Is that like all everywhere? 
Do they call it Texas toast everywhere or do they just call it big toast? The fact that this is a real question. (laughs) I legit want to (laughs) know. Yes, they have Texas toast everywhere. It's like a brand. But it's called Texas toast. Yes, that's the brand. Mm, I don't know. I'm going to look into this. This is another thing. I'm going to look into it at the grocery store. (laughs) It can be on that grocery store podcast you listen to <laughs> shout out to groceries <laughs> anyway pastor cal yeah is making it sound like she was mario batali up in that bitch and she says so that <laughs> she says that she's trying because it's Elijah requirement and then pastor cal says that's a great place to start now during the entire matchmaking process he never one time said that this homemaking and cooking and all that stuff was a deal breaker for him so what is the deal with it now why is it now all of a sudden a requirement yeah Elijah says well it is a big deal it's huge because that's an expectation he has for a wife and Pastor Cal has to break it down to him and be like okay it's not 1957 anymore don't get stuck in a time warp People are going to be looking at you like you're a Neanderthal because you legitimately think women belong barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen. And then Elijah's like, no, 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 no. That's not how I think, except it is exactly how you think and what uh-huh. you think. And he is a Neanderthal. I think we've described him as such in I past mean, episodes. <laughs> he's got the forehead to boot. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's not how he feels at all. He even told Katina he could cook sometimes. He makes the Pop-Tarts every day. <laughs> Take that. He's a progressive man. Yeah, right. <laughs> no one is fooled by this. But Mm-mm. nonetheless, Katina's sitting there smiling like a dummy on the couch. I know. I don't understand it. This is her her time to speak out. And she just is just smiling. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe she's already in her head like, this isn't going to work out. I don't give a fuck. Just going to smile and not w- make waves. I don't know, man. But at that point, they kind of table that subject. And Pastor Kyle asked them about their communication and how that's going. Katina says they're communicating well, yes and no, after she contemplates it for a little bit. And Pastor Kyle tells her, you know, don't worry about Olajuwon or throwing him under the bus whatever say what you need to say like you said this is your opportunity the floor is yours get out what you need to say and you know he tells her pastor cal that he saw the video of them uh on the horses in puerto rico and elijah was clearly pissing her off uh to the point that pastor cal was like i don't like the way he was talking to you in that moment and he wants to make sure that katina feels heard He asks her if she thinks that her opinions are valued in the relationship. And she says, yes, but sometimes Olajuwon's execution is just hard. She doesn't deal with men who speak to her disrespectfully. And she's made that clear to him. Now that's when Pastor Cal asks Olajuwon if he does value Katina. And he says, absolutely. He makes it clear to her every day. There should be no question. Okay. She (laughs) didn't seem that sure, but if you say so, buddy. Then this is when Pastor Cal gets to the million dollar question. Are you fucking or not? You smashing? We all want to know. And Katina says, nope. 
And Pastor Cal asks if it's something that they mutually agreed on. And Olajuwon says, yeah, somewhat, I guess. <laughs> and again, Pastor Cal calls them out and it's like, you got to be real because you're showing very different body language right now. Like at this point, Olajuwon says it's mainly his decision not to be intimate. He says that he's thinking further down the road, like if they were to hook up and they end up not working out, it makes him look a kind of some kind of way. That's what I took from it. Yeah. That he didn't want to come off looking bad. I guess I took it as it was it was it was so um, weird. Right. It was just a weird offhand comment. And I think it almost it almost seemed like he didn't want to catch feelings you know what i I mean i thought that too if she because like if she doesn't do a b and c like he wants a wife to do why throw his real real feelings in it you know because then it's gonna be harder to say no on d-day right she might just snatch him up Mm Mm-hmm. because he knows she's hot Mm -hmm. (laughs) i also thought though he might be holding out because he knows as soon as he has sex Isaac is reactivated. <laughs> that right he there refuses is a to sleep with her because concern. he does not want to cheat. Yeah, that is that is something. You might have something there. Because <laughs> once you start, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. So it's better just to not start to begin with. <laughs> uh, at this point, Caster Caster Pal. Pastor Cal (laughs) interrupts him and says, you shouldn't be worried about whether it's going to work out or not. You need to be staying in the moment. You've already committed to this as a lifetime journey. So there's no such thing as not working out. Right. Uh, You know, once you start entertaining those kinds of negative thoughts, you're killing your relationship by giving yourself a way out. And Pastor Cal also thinks that deflecting away from sex could lead Katina to think that Olajuwon doesn't think that she's attractive. And Katina then admits that, yeah, she has felt like maybe at times he wasn't that into her. And of course, Olajuwon is taken aback and he's like, he thinks that's crazy because she's so beautiful and she knows that like he can't keep his hands off of her for for the most part. She's the one that's pulling back from him. Pastor Cal says, yeah, that's because she doesn't feel secure and Olajuwon says he's trying to explain, he's tried to explain it to her, but again, talk is cheap. You're not showing what you're saying. Yeah. She's trying to feel the feels, basically. But then Pastor Cal gives them his like ultimate blessing. Y'all are legally married. Y'all are adults. You can do what grown folks do. Have sex if you want to have sex. Here's my official blessing over the whole thing as the pastor (laughs) and the expert get your freak on tonight let's see what's going on in them shorts get that yellow dress out of here get it popping and that was them for the episode okay i don't know i don't know either she just she says and looks like she's thinking something different you know she says one thing and looks like Nah, I'm I'm good. Yeah, like, I feel like... It's, like, forced. I feel like she's just there. Yeah. And, yeah, maybe she is just going through the motions for... Because, oh, can you imagine being in a fight with this guy? That's probably... She's trying not to make waves. 
you know, because this guy is obsessive. And he'd probably just talk it to death, yell at you. Ugh, it'd be horrible. I can see that. We might see that. We, We've got we sure plenty might. of time. <laughs> All right, let's go to Noi and Steve. This is kind of like a nothing, nothing boring. <laughs> yeah, a nothing burger. Mister um, and Mrs. Boring. <laughs> yeah, their biggest, their biggest argument is going to be over LED lights and the dog. <laughs> They'll be fine. All right. So they walk into the apartment. And what does Noi say? Oh, it's cute. <laughs> Everything's cute to Noi. So kawaii. And so they're unpacking. And uh, her first concern is the bed. And if it's going to be long enough for Steve, because he's so tall. And they're going to go test it out. And Steve gets on the bed. And whatnot uh and an itm noise says she's nervous about living with steve she barely knows him and she doesn't know how he is and she doesn't know if if her quirks will rub him the wrong way turns out steve does fit on the bed so barely but they'll be fine at this time they start talking about her dog sushi um they're never going to cuddle because sushi sleeps right in the middle who needs a pillow jam when you've got a dog right and you can tell Steve is not into this at all. And mm-hmm. he does mention like whether sushi smells or not. And Noise is like, no, she smells great. <laughs> the first stop is Noise apartment. And ITM Noise says it's important that Steve and her dog get along for the sake of their marriage. She hopes they will fall in love at first sight. Right off the bat, Steve notices sushi's three beds. So <laughs> sushi has three beds in, in the whole apartment, but plus the main bed and uh yeah so it's a little much for steve and he can tell that the couch yeah and um but he can tell that sushi runs the house for sure Mm -hmm. no i asked steve if he wants to hold sushi and he's like sure and you can tell sushi does not want to be held by steve (laughs) squirms out of his arms as soon as he can i just thought it was really funny too you know how like when people are uncomfortable holding babies they want to sit down first Mm -hmm. that's how how steve was but with the dog (laughs) he's like let me sit on the bed and see (laughs) and so she just like squirmed out of his his hands so it was good he sat down that would have been a long call for sushi yeah yeah it was a good call um, Steve asks if Sushi is house trained, and he is. He admits he might have a hard time with this because he tried dog sitting for his brother's dog, and he didn't like to pick up the poop. And yeah, it wasn't something he was into. And an ITM Steve says picking up poop makes him nauseous. He had a hard time pick- picking up after his brother's dog, and it's just something he has to get used to. He needs to get that thing um, Mirla got last season from yeah, Gail. Yeah, the little, the little poop scoop. Yeah. That's a perfect gift for Steve. She He then asked if she's going to bring all the dog beds. And she said she'll bring one bed, but he'll also sleep on the bed and he'll also sleep on the couch. Steve asks if Sushi might eventually want to sleep in the orange bed if, he, if they put it close to their bed. And she says, no, he'll want to be near her all the time. Is that okay? No. Steve says it should be. We'll find out shortly. She doesn't seem to be picking up what he's putting down (laughs) yeah this also too is a red flag like is noi gonna be one of those people if they do have kids it's always gonna want to like co-sleep with a baby oh 
Yeah. I've known many a couple who have not had sex in a long time because mm-hmm. their kids are in the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not something I'd recommend. So then Noi visits Steve's apartment and she says it looks like a single man's apartment. There's gym equipment everywhere. Steve says it was a single man's apartment until like a week ago. Amen. And an ITM Noi says it definitely looks like a single man's apartment. He has nunchucks, but that's okay because she really likes them. So it's okay. He has a lot of weird things in there. She's planning on making their apartment a lot less manly. At this point, Steve puts, points out all his LED lights. He has some in the kitchen, the living room, and the bedroom. And an ITM noise says that he's obsessed with his LED lights. He lights up like a kid when he talks about them, but she doesn't know if she wants them in her apartment. They cut to him showing off all the colors and features of these LED lights. I'm like, why does, like, why does this look like a TikTok set? Like, why the hell do you have this grown man? Like extra grown man, like almost 40. Yeah. Well, it's like if if your dad found something really cool and wants to show it off to you, it's like very old man vibes. Like, look at this cool thing, but doesn't know how to use it. Because I'm pretty sure like when grown people put LED lights, it's like mood lighting. Yeah. It's behind the TV. I've seen that. That looks kind of cool where it gives like this little glow or um, underneath in the kitchen and yeah, underneath mm-hmm. the shelves to, to mm-hmm. have that kind of lighting there. But on the, like sticking on the wall, that's weird. It's so him and noisy can like put their wigs on and party. He, he does say that <laughs> they, they could dance. It has some club effect. <laughs> so strange but he's like super serious when he's talking about him and he says um he could bring all his lights from the apartment and they can put it up in the new apartment or they can bring all new ones for the new apartment and she's just like uh and then they cut that that scene <laughs> nothing is said after that <laughs> oh man Uh, The next thing we see them in is with Pastor Cow, and he asks how married life is. And Steve says he just hit the ground running. His friends gave him a thumbs up when they saw her down the aisle, and then he saw her, and he was all good because she's beautiful. He says that not only is she beautiful, but he loves that she's an introvert-extrovert personality, plus all the things that they have in common. And Noi says, yeah, that they did a good job matching them. Pastor Cow asks then uh, what they have discussed so far. And one of the big topics is children. Noi wants three. Steve wants two. Steve says that they should have two and then play it by ear because it's all dependent on resources, love, time, and energy. So they wouldn't know if they wanted a third one after they had, you know, two. But she wasn't getting it. He also brings up the fact that they might have a baby with special needs. And that requires a lot of all those things that he mentioned. So it makes more sense to just stick with two. Noi says that there are a lot of things that she can compromise on, but this is not one of them. And Pastor Cal is just like in disbelief with this. She grew up with one as one of three. Her cousins are all in the threes. And in her mind of a perfect image of family, you know, there's three children. Pastor Cal asks what if she has a special needs child that requires the energy of three children? What if it takes a while for them to have children? And what if it's not even possible for them to have children? And she said she hadn't thought about that. 
he says he understands that people have these ideas and these desires, but you always have to allow for the possibilities. This is like a weird thing to be a non-negotiable, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's really interesting that Steve is bringing up this point. Like, does he know, like, his family's genetic history or something like that? That it's really a possibility that they could have a child that has special needs. So that's really something they need to think about. Right. And how old is Noi? Uh, yes. (laughs) Is she in her 30s? I think so. I think she might be, like, 30 or 31. Oh, okay. Because I know, because I had my baby at 35, and I was considered a senior mother (laughs) geriatric (laughs) yeah so you know the more time Mm -hmm. that they wait the more likely is that these kind of scenarios would happen where she has complications right um so that is yeah so it's definitely something she needs to consider and as someone who was i was so set on having two after one, after the first week of one, I was like, nah. <laughs> that also, you have absolutely no idea what you're getting yourself into until you, you're there. So you, really, really you cannot don't. count those chickens before they hatch because I am just, yeah, I am amazed at mothers with multiples. And I'm like, I just, I can't, I cannot. I love myself too much. <laughs> That's like uh, old girl on TLC, the What's her face? Doritos. How do you have like 18 sets of twins and shit? Like what the hell? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is too much. Like all her kids are multiples. It was like twins and then triplets and then quadruplets and then triplets again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you've been pregnant for like 18 years and you have like a thousand <laughs> kids and they're all the same age at the same time. What? Mm-hmm. No. It's a hard pass. Hard pass. So she clearly has not thought about all this. No. But so then they start talking about finances, which is a really tough subject for Noi. She says that they had very little when they were growing up and she wants children. They both want children and they know she knows that kids are expensive. So his situation is very scary for her because she doesn't want to struggle with money. Patrick Howe's like, yeah, you know, you work really hard and he, well, Patrick Howe says that he knows that's why she works so hard because she grew up like that. And she's like, yeah, she grew up in a refugee camp and they struggled quite a bit. And that's a big trigger for her. Money is a huge issue for her. And so Patrick Howe's like, yeah, well, tell him, tell him how big it is for you. And she turns to Steve and he's like, and she says that it scares her. She doesn't want her kids to worry about money and she doesn't want financial instability. Steve says he has all the, all kinds of opportunities to make money as someone who is self-employed. He does website design, logo design, and photography. He has options and will always be able to make money. The next step is getting back into his career for a steady source of income. Pastor Cal tells him that she doesn't have the luxury of being as freewheeling as he is because of her past. She needs a plan. She needs to know that he's going to provide. In an ITM, Steve says he understands that now that he's married, he needs to provide that safety and security for her. But on the other hand, will working a full-time job give him the time and energy to dream and create? That's everything to him. And he's not sure if he's willing to make those sacrifices. So, and that's, um, that's all I have on them. I think he's fine. Like, I know they, 
I yeah, know I mean, she's very worried about him. I, I think she would feel a lot better if he just showed her his finances. Like, yeah, he seems like he, he, he's been on the road for how long? Six and he months. He still has an apartment. Exactly. It's bigger so, than it, her space, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, if he's able to do these little one-off projects and things like that um, and, you know, earn money here and there, as long as the bills are getting paid, what's the difference? Yeah, I, I think he's fine. But he just needs to show her that he's fine. because it's it, They've had that conversation, but he hasn't really proven anything to her. So, Right, yeah. It, it, it seems like, yeah, it's an issue that could be, like you said, easily resolved if they just put the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. Don't be a gill. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't. All right, let's move it along. How about Jasmina and Michael? Okay, them, this episode made me think. Going back to some chisme and kind of a discussion we had before. Is Jasmina smart, Alyssa? <laughs> oh, Maybe. Because I feel like this situation is kind of looking the same, but Jasmina is playing it right. Yeah, she's not physically attracted to her husband, but she's going to try and make it work for the camera Mm -hmm. and show that she is a good person and not say it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And make him look like terrible. Yeah, yeah. Villainize him. I don't know. Some, Some, they tried to tell us but we'll see so we start (laughs) we start out with michael asking jasmina how she feels about them as a couple Um, they pretty much fell out with each other on the honeymoon and oh day one of the honeymoon (laughs) (laughs) and you know they were seeing a lot of each other and now they're going to be living together so it's again they're going to be in each other's space a lot Uh, He asks her if she's worried about that and kind of her thoughts in general. And Jasmina says that she's thinking about life in terms of living with a man. She says that her current roommate is male, but it's different because, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to their own separate bedrooms at the end of the night. Um, Then she asks him if he's ever lived with a woman because she doesn't remember him saying if he has or not. And he says, no, never. This is all new territory. Now, this was the question that everyone's asking. What was the interpret? Do you think he interpreted it as platonically or romantically? Oh, okay. I see that. I see that now that you're saying it. Yeah. But when someone asks me, have you ever lived with a man? My automatic thing is any man. Like in my head. But if you're asking, I can see if he interpreted that now, but it's still open to, I lived with my sister. Oh, I have two female roommates. You know, I could, I feel like you could say both things, but he knows what she, she meant. Yeah. I think so. I think he knew because he also had like a weird sly look. And I feel like she wasn't talking about herself in a romantic sense. So why would you think she meant that? Yes. She clearly said my current roommate is male. Have you Mm -hmm. ever lived with a woman? Mm -hmm. Not a girlfriend, not 
Because that's what he tried to say on After Party. Yes. He was, he meant no, he'd never lived with a spouse. Well, yeah, because you've never been fucking married. Like, what? <laughs> Duh. So, but for him to not, not just say no, but never. Brand new horizon. This is new territory. Never done this before, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, then this was when the shift kind of happened and jasmina asked him if he's going to be staying at the apartment tonight and he says yes he'll be there and of course that raised my ear like what do you mean where else would he be staying right (laughs) why are you asking this and this is when jasmina lets him know that she needs to find a new doggy daycare for her dog you can't just put your kids in any old school so she needs to figure out Mr. Feeney's situation. Shout out love to Boy Meets World. Yes, love it. <laughs> and I know Mr. Feeney's like, now why why is my name getting dragged in this? I didn't <laughs> You handle your own business. <laughs> Don't be using me as a scapegoat. Now I gotta lie. <laughs> uh so she says, um, you know, she's not gonna be staying at the apartment until she gets that all worked out. Um she says it would be good for her to have some time for herself and get back to a normal routine now that the honeymoon is over. She doesn't want to jump back into things without having a clear head. Michael says that he thinks it's not healthy for her to be taking time away. It's not a good way to start a marriage. They can't start this pattern of separating or sleeping somewhere else every time they have a disagreement or hit a rough patch. Like we saw happen last season where it's like, okay, every... Every other week, Everyone. somebody was leaving the apartment. One one couple or another. Now, I will say this. If this is the only time she takes a break, I completely understand. Because for the past six days, they have not been getting along. Right. So take a day, reset, like she says, reset, put your mind in a, in a, a better place and say, okay, I'm going to keep trying. This is the marriage. I only want to be married once. I'm going to go in there and try my best. This is my one day and that's it. Now, if she's doing this every week, I'm not, I'm not, I can't, I can't bat for her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But it could be understandable because it is a lot in a short period of time in that first week. Yeah. You know, you're married, honeymoon with them 24 seven for a whole week and you're not getting along on top of that. That's a lot for any person, but going forward, there's no excuses. Yeah. Well, I mean, matter of factly, she tells him and reiterates that her needing space is about the dog, not about their marriage. It's only going to be a couple of days. <laughs> so Michael says, well, you know, he hopes when they see each other again, they can start back up, start things off on the right foot again. And, you know, their body language during the scene was terrible. They're both mm-hmm. standing, facing away from each other, arms crossed very closed off to one another, no eye contact. <laughs> the tone was crazy. The energy was low. It they do not like each other. <laughs> they don't. They really don't. Uh, in an interview, Michael says that this is not what he envisioned day one back from Boston to look like. He knows that Mr. Feeney is important to Jasmina. But he's not buying that that's the real reason she's spending the first few nights away. At this point, they show him, you know, basically walking her to the door with her suitcase. And she leaves out in the hallway, tells him to keep the apartment clean. 
and she he says he'll try and she <laughs> is off like a thief in the night <laughs> so the next scene we see of them is jasmina saying in an interview that basically michael was right the dog thing was just an excuse she actually needed to reset so to speak <laughs> and she wanted to you know clear her head so she could really get into a place to start over again and hopefully they can click again like they did when they clicked at the wedding. So they're going to check out Michael's apartment and he takes her into his room. Cause like we said, he does have roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing to write home about again, bachelor room, plain yeah. walls, plain curtains, plain sheets, rug, bunch of shoe boxes. I think he had Christmas lights too. We'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, then there is a gigantic painting of like, not a naked woman. She's it's like a woman draped in like a cloth. Like yeah, like a silhouette kind of painting. And Jasmina immediately is like, "What the hell is that? Who is that?" <laughs> also, and Michael says it's just a piece of art a friend did for him. It was a birthday gift. It's not based on anybody in particular. It's just random woman and jasmina's like okay if you say so looks just like his roommate in my opinion (laughs) Uh, mm, mm. just kidding (laughs) we haven't seen her uh jasmina says that mike's room is very frat boy uh because of the naked lady painting she wonders what else he's hiding in his room where's the porn where's the kinky drawer (laughs) what's going on uh then she jokes with him that she needs to check the roommate's room because that's probably where he's hiding all the good stuff. <laughs> and um, this is when they make their way out to the living room. We see, I know, with just when we thought the LED ba- lights were bad with Steve, Michael has said, hold my beer, and just has like <laughs> tacky green Christmas lights taped to the wall. Okay. <laughs> Keeping it classy, we see. Uh <laughs> Then Jasmina is asking about little things and trinkets and stuff she's seeing in the living room. And he keeps saying, oh, that's not mine. That's my roommates. And then Jasmina's like, wait, how many roommates do you have? Because I heard an S just then. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, two. And then he, she says, okay, well, I guess that explains why I'm not seeing much of you in this space. And he says, he's actually more in and out, like... He doesn't really spend a whole lot of time at the apartment. And so that causes Jasmina to ask about the living situation a little bit more. Like, are these roommates his actual friends? Or is this just like a rent-a-room situation? Or what's kind of going on? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're kind of friends, I guess. And then she asks where the roommate is. And he says, uh, somewhere in here. Which I thought was strange and then like clockwork the roommate walks through the door and all we all we can see is like an arm closing the door behind them yeah and that causes jasmina to say oh wow secretive (laughs) oh my god you didn't tell me you didn't tell me you had a female roommate wow Oh, man. Shady. Shady as hell. So Jasmina says that she's mentioned that she has a male roommate, 
So that would have been the perfect opportunity for Michael to jump in there and say, oh, I have a roommate of the opposite sex too. His excuse is that he didn't mention it because it never came up, but he's not, wasn't trying to hide it on purpose or anything. Uh, She definitely is not convinced. She says she's annoyed and disappointed at this point with him because this is her first time hearing about this. If she wouldn't have seen the girl with her own two eyes, he probably would have never said anything. She doesn't have a problem with it, but she's trying to get over the complex problems they already had with the honeymoon. And this isn't helping his case at all. Like lying by omission is still lying. Yeah. So the next scene that we get of them, we see Jasmina is bringing over her fake box to move in. And they're putting things away in the dresser, in the bedroom. And Michael says it's going to be good to see how they mesh living together. At this point, Jasmina cannot bite her tongue any longer. And she just decides she has to say something. So she says, I've got a question. Now, she asked him if when they were at his apartment, because she wants to be clear and make sure that she didn't mishear anything or something like that. She thought that he had a female roommate, as in one. And he says, that's not what I meant. And she questions again. So you have not one, but two female roommates. And he says, yeah. Did you think I didn't tell you on purpose again? Like, she's like, well, you didn't tell him about the first one. Mm -hmm. And now there's a second one that's popped up. And then again, she questions, like, if we were just, I mean, of course, we're married now, but if we were just dating, you wouldn't let me know if we were in a relationship that you had a roommate of the opposite sex? He says, they would have discussed it if the conversation ever came up. And again, she says, it has. (laughs) She specifically asked you if you lived with a woman. So at that time, it didn't cross your mind at all that you have two women living in your house right now. And... He says, well, it's not like I didn't tell you because I thought you care. Again, she tells him it doesn't bother her because she's lived with men before and she's living with a man right now. It bothers her that he didn't think that it was something important enough to tell her. And now it's not just you have a female roommate. You have two. Mm -hmm. The fact that didn't come into your mind is why she is so confused. So then Michael says, okay, well, I didn't think of it, but what does it mean anyway? It's not like I was trying to get away with something. I currently live with women, but I'm not trying to hide anything. But that's the whole point, Michael. If you're not hiding anything, why are you repeatedly lying about this for no reason? Like, what is the reason? Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. I hope his sisters visit him on the next episode. So, cause you know, they'll tell him Jasmine and everything. <laughs> yeah. Cause the next episode is housewarming. So yeah, yeah. we should see them. I hope so. Mm. Yeah. Get the tea girl, get the tea from the sisters. Mm-hmm. But Jasmina tells him that there were plenty of opportunities for him to bring it up. And he didn't. And he, again, is just like, okay, I'll agree with you. It was a bad judgment call on my part that I didn't say anything. But again, I'm not trying to get away with anything or hide anything. The fact that you keep saying that means (laughs) you are hiding something. (laughs) Then he says that um, she's kind of looking at him crazy. Like she doesn't understand 
what he's saying and she's like she no. understands she's like yeah i hear you but it doesn't make any sense yeah so yeah i'm looking at you sideways uh then in the final scene we're touching base with pastor cal um yeah i forgot how small michael is yeah like when he answered the door and was standing next to pastor cal instead of next to jasmine i was like whoa yeah yeah but pastor cal comes into the living room they all take a seat and he asks them how things are going and they both kind of just smile and nod and he says okay that tells me a lot so <laughs> let's just start by being open and honest about where we are and where we're going you know their marriage kind of started to spiral while they were on the honeymoon so they need to figure out what the problem is jasmina starts in saying that it's complex that they were oh uh, it starts with Jasmina saying that during the honeymoon, Michael talked to her in a certain way that really turned her off. And even when they spoke off camera, it was worse because he was very aggressive, loud, used a tone with her and was, you know, generally disrespectful. She says that she feels like he's not even at a 10 or she hasn't seen him at a 10 uh, in the situation. So there's potential for it to be even worse. Yeah. So Pastor Cal, re- yeah, that's why Pastor Cal uh, reiterates that or asks if she feels like he could really like go off and like go ballistic if an argument escalated more. And Jasmina says that Michael's told her that that's been a problem he's had in past relationships. And even his family says that he can act that way. So, yeah, that is something that she's concerned with. But you remember, I, I want to say it was. The sisters said that when Michael gets upset, he walks away, calms down, and then comes back. It doesn't sound like the case right now. I don't know. (laughs) That's two different versions. I don't know. But at this point, Michael speaks up and says the fact that he even told her that is now backfiring on him because now she's using it as an excuse to paint him in a certain light. Jasmina says that every time... They've had a conflict. He, you know, gets to yelling and there's no cameras around when it happens. And Michael is like, no, I'm not yelling at you, which makes me think he gets loud during an argument, but it's not necessarily directed at her. Like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just yelling in general. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe so. But she could also, again, Jasmina has never dated anybody in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's all been long distance mm-hmm. relationships. So how many arguments has she really been in, in the same room? Right. You know, so it, it, it might look like that to her, but it might not be that way to him. Yeah. I mean, at this point she's like, Michael, we're not about to do this. <laughs> and Pastor Cal is going to, he was trying to interject at that point, but Michael cuts him off and says that he admits he may have had some type of tone with her, but he wasn't yelling at her. No. Jasmina says, okay, so I'm a liar now. She says that he's been aggressive and has been yelling and she doesn't want things to get to that point. She does not appreciate him sitting there saying that he's not yelling when he's already agreed with her previously that he's acting inappropriately. At this point, they start going back and forth and like are talking all over each other. And 
Pastor Cal has to put down like the daddy hammer and be like, hey, I'm talking. Everybody shut up. (laughs) I'm talking now. He says he wants to speak to their communication and why it's not working. When it comes to communication in, in marriage, honesty and transparency are the key factors. Also, though, is forgiveness. He asked Jasmina if she can forgive and move on to see where their relationship can go. And again, with this very aggressively closed off body language, she Mm -hmm. says, yeah, barely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Whimpers it out. Then he turns his attention to Michael and says, talking at, talking with, and talking to are three different things. When you talk at someone, you're treating them like a subordinate of less value. And that's probably how Jasmina is feeling. And she says, that's it. Uh, Pastor Cal tells her that when Michael does this to her, she needs to say, I'm not your enemy. And that in turn needs to trigger something in Michael's head to straighten up and talk to her like a wife and a partner. So we'll see if they implement this suggestion going forward. You know, usually I don't like, I mean, we had a lot of problems with the experts last season, Mm -hmm. but Pastor Cal was on fire this, this episode. He was saying all the right things. He called, called all the bullshit. Yeah. As much as he could. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't think the future is very bright for these two. I don't think these are two folks who are going to be riding off in the sunset together at the end of this uh, season. No, no, I don't think so. Again, (laughs) Jasmina might be smart Alyssa. I was just going to say, you do have a case for smart Alyssa. Um, Speaking of Alyssa and Chris, let's jump into them because I'm so excited. This potentially could be the last episode we ever see them again. Very exciting. (laughs) Yay. Yay. I'm a good person. I can't believe she says it so many times. Where is the compilation video? (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm sure it's out there. (laughs) All right. So surprise, surprise, Alyssa has made the decision not to move into the apartment. Chris says he's always planned to move into the apartment. So he's moving into the apartment. He says that he's heard from other people a few reasons why she thinks they're not compatible, from tattoos to political views. He doesn't know if they're all true or not. She says to talk to her if he wants to know something that he's heard, but he doesn't even have her phone number, so how the hell is he supposed to do that? So for now, he's going to sit back and let her take the lead, and he's going to just wait and see and see what she does. The next scene, you know, they're obviously not going to visit each other's apartments. So uh, they have separate scenes where they have uh, meetings with with important people in their lives. I broke them out in in the episode. They were kind of like mixed together, but I broke them out separately. So Alyssa is having lunch with her mother. And oh, she says, well, I guess we should talk about what happened. And the mom's like, yeah, I want to (laughs) know. What, what the hell's going on here? Uh, she says she doesn't even remember walking down the aisle. She kind of just blacked it out. So she saw him and didn't really like, well, she didn't say that. She doesn't say that she didn't like what she saw, but she said that it's normally not her type of man that she dates normally. 
she then asks her mom what she thought. And the mother says that she was expecting a cowboy. Again, I'm ignorant. I'm not familiar with the East Coast. Are there any cowboys in Boston? Is there any cattle raising in Boston? Do they have an ag program in Boston? How the hell does she expect a real cowboy in Boston? I don't think she meant a real one. I think so. Well, somebody with that swag, right? That's not something up there. They don't know the difference. That's weird. If he just has some boots, that's good enough. Not like here where you could like pick them. <laughs> I guess. It just, it's just a very strange expectation to have uh, even I, I don't, is there even you know boot stores in boston i don't know <laughs> i'm certain as a major metropolitan google. city i'm gonna google <laughs> it might not be like here where there's cavenders everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just i think that's a really weird expectation um anyway Alyssa says she she agrees she she also thought she was gonna find a cowboy at the end of the aisle but the mom says, you know, Chris is cute and he's nice. And Alyssa right away interrupts her saying that she hasn't seen how he treats her. Uh, how has he treated you? <laughs> when you've spent all of 45 minutes together. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> the mom says, no, she hasn't seen how he talks to her, but she spoke with him at the wedding and spoke with him the morning after and he seemed like a good kid. And Alyssa says, yeah, but she heard that he likes to debate and he argues his point. And she learned other things about him and said, wow, we are different in every way. The mom asked about the differences in core values. This question seemed a little rehearsed, like, mom, make sure you ask about core values when we're having our, our fake lunch in front of the camera. Because <laughs> it's... It's a, it's just very specific yeah. and something that she has brought up multiple times that their core values are different. Their core values are different. So then Alyssa goes on and has this whole monologue about that. Chris has a lack of respect for other people. Uh, another one is that he wants to defund the police and she has such a high regard for first responders. Everyone knows that. For him to post that on social media is disturbing to her. And what is he going to do when he needs the police? They're not going to save him if he wants to defund them. It's like, Fuck oh my off. <laughs> <laughs> but she has not had this discussion with him whatsoever, which is the funniest thing. But the mom agrees. And then she asks what Alyssa needs for her to say yes on decision day. Alyssa says she needs trust, honesty, respect, and good communication, which she hasn't given Chris whatsoever. Um, they don't have it right right now. And she needs to actually see it happen for her, for her to feel any different from what she's feeling now. The mom says, yeah, he really needs to prove himself and show her. Sure, Jan. I would love, yeah, I would love to, to talk to the mom now after she's seen all this play out. Hey, you, you raised this. You know that, right? <laughs> She's never leaving your house. Right? <laughs> She's now your companion for the end of your days. <laughs> for real, especially after this is airing. Oh, uh -huh. no, 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 no. 
Oh man. I wonder look finding do men Yeah, do men Google women like women Google men? Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Now we see Chris and he's playing disc golf with his friend. And uh his friend's name is Nick, and they've been friends for a really long time. And he knows that Nick is gonna tell him uh how it is either way. Like, yes, stick with her. No, this is crazy. He's gonna tell her. Tell him. Chris tells Nick that one of the reasons she says that they're not compatible is that he doesn't have an eagle tattoo. And that her psychic said her husband would have an eagle tattoo. To which Nick says, please stop. Stop. And he says this multiple times and they are both laughing because it's ridiculous. In an ITM, Nick says that maybe there's an 80-year-old war vet with an eagle tattoo that's her soulmate. But she can ask her psychic about that. I think we know which way Nick is leaning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick tells him that if this was a regular date and he told him that, hey, her regular psychic says this, he would tell him that this is not the one. Chris says that Nick is his best friend and a police officer. He hasn't had the opportunity to discuss uh, with Alyssa his belief on the police issue. He would like to have it, uh, this very important conversation if she ever agrees to have it and sit down and talk to him about it. But she won't even give him a chance to speak on that either. And that's where that segment ends. And then we come to the most important part, Pastor Cal's visit. Um, Alyssa comes into the apartment so that they both can meet with Pastor Cal because, again, she's not living there. And they have small talk about traffic. And uh, just in time, Pastor Cal arrives and they sit down to talk and it's awkward. Uh, he wants to know the assessment of the marriage from their perspectives. Chris says the big picture is that Alyssa has no interest in being married to him. She has told him they're incompatible and she feels robbed of the experience and it's started the night of the wedding. Pastor Cal asks Alyssa when she first felt disappointed. She says as soon as she saw him, pretty much, that's what she, she kind of went a roundabout way, but as soon as she saw him, she was disappointed. He's not her physical type, but she stayed to see where why they were matched. Then she got nervous when she was told things from his family and friends. At that point, she asked herself, what did I get myself into? Pastor Cal asked if they talked about these things in depth. And she says no, because too many other things started to happen. She felt like she was being pushed into the ocean, tied to a cinder block, and could not get out. She came in today to see what they can do. She saw glimmers of hope, like when they were paddleboarding. Pastor Cal interrupts her and says that she didn't even want to go to the suite on the honeymoon night. And she says no, sharing a bed is something she was never comfortable doing, no matter who the person was. And Pastor Cal says, okay, but you did know you were getting married and that you were going to go on a honeymoon and move in together. You don't say, I got four weeks, you got four weeks to get acclimated, and that's, that's not a marriage. From his perspective, you're already showing patterns of not wanting to be around him. And then she goes on, and she had to know people were going to make fun of this. And if she didn't know, she's so, so far gone. I, I don't even know where she's at. From She says, sharing an apartment is not a good idea uh, because two things. They both have big dogs. 
And two, you might not know this, but she's allergic to dogs. She owns an animal, a dog rescue. She owns a dog rescue. There are multiple pictures all over the internet of her getting licked by dogs, hugging dogs, playing with dogs, but she's allergic. What you didn't see is that right after those pictures, she had to like stab herself in the leg with the EpiPen. <laughs> they didn't show that part. Well, neither of these guys are buying it. Pastor Cal and Chris are both rolling their eyes and shaking their head. Uh, she says she's been trying to look for positives, though. And Pastor Cal's like, okay, what are those positives? And she can't name one thing. Pastor Cal says that Chris found positives in her. And Chris is like, yeah, you know, I've always said that she's very impressive. He says on paper, he thinks they're compatible. Pastor Cal says they did all kinds of comparisons and tests and they lined up compatibility wise. Alyssa says she doesn't like where they are, but she wants to see how they can move forward. Pastor Cal tells her to look at him and say that. And she does. She, she turns to him and she says that she came in today because she doesn't like the way things have been going on. She doesn't like how they got there. And she's in a better headspace now since being home. Her purpose of coming there was to stop the pattern and figure out how to move forward. So now that you've told me that she lives with her mother, mm -hmm. you know damn well that her mom sat her down and says, you're going to look like a damn fool on TV. You better make it right. Go play nice and see how you can get all this mess cleaned up, basically. So I think that's what she's trying to do. Yeah, her mom's been trying to tell her since the honeymoon. <laughs> but she probably spelled it out For when real. she came home. <laughs> you are grounded unless you go. <laughs> Pastor Cal. Pastor Cal asks how Chris wants to respond to that. And Chris says, today is his decision day. Pastor Cal asks, oh, do you want a divorce? And he says, yeah, Chris wants a divorce. Pastor Cal asks Alyssa how she feels about that. And the waterworks start. She says she feels like she worked so hard to get there. She's never thought this would be the outcome. And he's, Pastor Cal asks, what does she mean by this? And what she means is the arguing, the miscommunication, the disrespect and feeling alone. Pastor Cal asks Chris how he wants to respond to that and be completely honest. Chris says that he came into this with a set of expectations. It went from taking it slow to chasing someone who does not want to be chased. So Pastor Cal says that Chris is feeling that she has checked out a while back and he nods. Alyssa again says that if she didn't want to be there, she wouldn't. She had chances to leave and she didn't. And she told him that repeatedly. Everyone knows that by now. Chris says, there's a lot of reasons to be here and marriage is not one of them for you. She gives him the evil eye. Did you see this? And she's just like squinting at him. Yeah. <laughs> and then they cut to Pastor Cal and it looks like he's kind of enjoying this. I mean, it's musty TV. <laughs> it's really funny. She says she has a problem with when he speaks to her like this because he's insinuating that she didn't come in for the right reasons. She didn't come 
there to be on TV. She came to get married. So it triggers her when he says that. It's not fair and it's not accurate. Chris said the second thing that he wanted more than anything else is when coming into this experience was a long, successful, happy marriage. The thing above that was that they are both happy long-term. If it means happier not married than married, that's what he wants. And that's where they are. It's not what either of them wanted, but it's, it's happening. Pastor Cal says he understands that when there is deep hurt, pain, disappointment, uh, sometimes those things are hard to get over. In an ITM, Chris said at no point did he feel like Alyssa wanted to be there. He's angry, disappointed, and frustrated. It's not about who he was matched with or the process. It's the fact that the person he married didn't even want to be married to him. He leaves the keys um, and, oh, Pastor Kyle is leaving. She leaves her keys on the counter and says there's nothing more to say. Chris is trying to be a gentleman. He says he wishes her the best. And she says, okay, and then walks away. She comes back because she doesn't know where her phone is. He gives it to her and she walks out. In an ITM with Alyssa, hopefully the last ITM we ever see of her, she says she's sad about the whole situation. She said from the beginning, she just wants respect. She's not a bad person. She's a good person. It upsets her that he tried to make her look otherwise. In an ITM with Chris, he says he doesn't believe in fate, luck, or soulmates. Everything takes work. He was ready to do whatever he had to do to make it work. He knows what he wants now more than ever. She's out there somewhere. He's excited to meet her. And if he hadn't done this, that relationship, which he hopes lasts a lifetime, will be even more amazing and the best relationship he knows it can be. So, and that's it. That's the show. That's it. I hope, I hope, we hope, hope never to see them again. Unless it's on the reunion and they're everyone's fighting i find that juicy and alluring yes also <laughs> plus one all right so that's the show again we are the cheese queens thank you so much for joining in as we covered married at first sight uh keep tuning in subscribe rate review and uh follow us on social media it's all good times there <laughs> all right igby anything else nope all right. Well, bye. See ya. The end.